Podcast for the Working Cowboy. Well, howdy there, Daylight Burners. <coughs> um, happy Happy Friday for all the Patreon listeners that are uh, that are joining us, and uh, be happy Monday for everybody else. But um, been been wanting to do this one for a while. We got Ira Grusevich from uh, your Montana originally, right? Well, originally my mother, I would say. Um, yeah, Montana, I guess. Yeah, there you go. Originally I'm from a vagina. Um, yeah, uh, so you're originally from Montana. Um, you've probably seen his stuff all over Facebook and, and TikTok and whatnot. He had a, has a, had a song kind of go semi-viral. Um, it's an old old cowboy song, uh, kind of a dirty cowboy song, but he does a really good rendition of it. And I've had the honor of uh, having him play the Burning Daylight show in Elko uh, the past couple of years, and it had a had a lot of fun. But then I got to thinking we we were setting this up, and I've I've hung out with him uh, a little bit at this point. We've talked back and forth, and. Uh, but I don't know a ton about you. I know like your your old man's kind of famous in the Buckaroo circles. He he he's made the rounds, and a lot of guys have worked with him. And uh, and being some fellas that can that can play a guitar pretty dang good, you uh, your name kind of gets out there a little a little faster than it would if you're an exceptional roper or something. Yeah, seems like it, huh? Yeah. So anyway, um. Yeah, so I, I guess what what have you been doing up to this point in, in life, Ira? I guess uh, well, let's get acquainted a little bit. Well, I wore out horseshoes for a living for oh, like the first eight years after I left home. Probably sooner than I should have left home. And well, when how old were you when you left? Seventeen. That's not not super young, but young enough. Dumb enough for sure. Yeah. Hey, boy. Looking back on it, man, we're so fucking dumb at that age. It's it's unbelievable. It's like the, Brad Paisley's got that song about if I could write a letter to me, if I could write a mm-hmm. letter to fucking sixteen year old Ira, I wouldn't. No oh, shit, man. I, you can <laughs> tell him shit, you know. No, not not a damn thing. He he might uh if he if he ever kept uh, the letter, he might look back on it a couple a couple years later and be like, oh, that was pretty smart advice, but it's not gonna follow it at the time. Fuck no. Nope. Just a problem with authority kind of thing. Like. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. I uh, I still have that problem, and I'm 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 a lot closer to forty than I am thirty nowadays, and. Yeah, I I still have that that little. It, when somebody's just trying to tell you to do shit, it gets gets under my skin, you know. Well, not so much as when someone tells you you can't do shit. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Yeah, don't tell me what I can't do. Like, like if uh, if I'm working for you, you tell me what to do. I'll I'll do it. That you're you're signing the paycheck. But outside of that, don't tell me what I can't do. As long as I ain't hurting anybody, don't tell me what I can't do. That's right. Yeah, I. That's, that's kind of how I I view view the world. So, um, where about in Montana did you grow up? Miles City. Miles City. Okay, so that's that's uh, that's sure enough cowboy country. Anything um, Billings is pretty much North Dakota. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Eastern Eastern Montana is a lot like. Uh, well, I guess all three of those states right there in a row, like Montana, uh, Wyoming, and Colorado, they're all the eastern side of those states is, uh, is pretty pretty flat. It's drastic, drastic change from the the mountain country. And uh, it is a great place to be from. It really is. It's just not such a good place to be. You know, <laughs> right? I uh, I always look back on Southeast Colorado now. You know, it's before before it was Colorado, it was you know New Mexico territory, and then there was like there's always that, that the Oklahoma Panhandle and Texas Panhandle, and you know there's a that great part of Lonesome Dove when they're going through the Llano Estacado, and I'm just like that's that's my backyard. Like people aren't supposed to live here, you know. That it's used to like, be wild west. Yeah, it used to be really wild west, and like. The one once they they figured out how to how to drill down and get water, um, you know, people started living there. But it's still, it's a goddamn hard place to live, really. And uh, I've heard a lot about that. Uh, Dave Stamey's got uh, some that uh, I think it's like Montana Homestead eighteen eighty three song something like that. I forget the exact title, but like he tells a great great story of what, what it is uh, to to be homesteading in Montana, you know? Yeah. Cold. Like, Cold well, I and hot. like to homestead there. Unless we're going to define homesteading as being bucked off your horse, which I've heard done before. And then in which case, I yeah. a few homesteads in Montana that are just not very big. Yeah. Um, is it is it pretty big country out there, or is it, uh, it kind of parceled out like, um, you know, like eastern Colorado? It's all about every three miles, I'd say, on average, is fenced off. But it's really mm. big country as far as – there's lots of little choppy hills right there around Miles City. If you go – oh, okay. if you live south of town instead of north uh, – you go up north, it's pretty flat. But right south of town there, the country feels a lot bigger than it actually is on the map because you got all these tiny little steep-ass nasty hills – Right over here. Yeah. It's four drops within, you know, a mile of you. Your horse's feet weigh 80 pounds a piece. Like yeah. Gumbo. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean on that. There's uh, there's certain places there in, uh, in, in southeast Colorado. And uh, it, it's really crazy in, in Colorado and like that. The very tip of the Oklahoma panhandle and like northeast New Mexico. It'll go from just flat as a pancake prairie. I mean, at, at least it looks like it driving until like you really get out in there. And there's there's like real slow kind of rolling. I wouldn't even call them hills, but little rises, you know, every so often. Yeah. But then, um, and then it just drops straight down in like two, three hundred feet into the into sandstone canyons and and cedar trees. And you're just like, where the hell did that come from? You know? Yeah. 
can't see it going across the flat. Yeah, it's crazy. It's and you know, Paladero is a bigger example of that down in Texas. When you know, this giant freaking canyon that just right cut right in the middle of the the prairie. It's it, it's wild hell. It's wild when when you look at how the, some of the land, the topography and stuff's laid out. And I always wonder. I wish I could have seen like the the high plains area. Um, you know, from the Rockies to. I don't know, like central Kansas and up. Um, yeah. You know, like when the, where the and where the big cow country was in the you know like in the the beef boom. Like uh, after, you know, post uh, civil war. Yeah, you know, just like tra- trailing cattle from South Texas all the way up to Montana, and and just seeing that before they got plowed under and then reseeded, and you know, and like just see how that land actually was when it was just Indians and buffalo. Yeah, for sure. As a, it was a real. It had been, it had been pretty cool. Kansas, seeing there'd be, I mean, it felt like a hundred square miles of land that every inch of it had been turned over at one time or another by man. Maybe yeah. the bottom or like a creek someplace that there was a, a few spots, but it was just you know weird not seeing sagebrush, I guess. Yeah, it's. And it's crazy, like where I grew up, um, kind of the southern part of, of Baca County, it gets it gets to be a little rougher country as you're getting closer to the Cimarron River, and uh, and uh, like you get some some pretty decent arroyas and stuff r- running through there, and and so like that part of the the country is mostly mostly grass, you know, pasture land, and then up north and uh, and such is you get a little more a lot more into farming and. and my dad was saying like there wasn't hardly uh, a single, you know, acre of dirt in Baca County that was, you know, that wasn't turned over. Uh, when my grandpa was, you know, was starting out there, you know, he, so it was like my, I think it was my great grandpa's the one that that homesteaded, and then my grandpa took over, and and it was, it was like. Uh, it was a perfect time to live there until the till the dust bowl hit. Yeah. But they they raised a crop every year. Uh, the rain will follow the plow, like they always told them. And then all of a sudden, the the water turned off, and uh, he had nothing holding the dirt down. Shit got wild. Yeah, it all blew away. Huh? Yeah, and you're just like looking back on it. You're like, man, they should have just left it to the them big spreads because that's that's really the way to manage the the land out there just just yeah, move your move your cattle along that that's i mean that's the only use for it really mm-hmm. without being put out yeah considerable infrastructure you know putting wells and stuff in especially if you're going to pump them on a pivot or something that's just like lots and lots and lots of money yeah, lots of money initially, and then just like horrible. It seems it's starting to look like it's horrible for the the environment, you know, like the local ecosystem long term, because it just sucks the aquifer dry. That's yeah, it's it's crazy. You know, it's just it, it just seems to me like, and I know like it'll never go back to that, but it's just like this this all should just be native grass and and like rotational grazing for year round essentially. Oh, it'll get it'll get back to. Nature, anyways. If it doesn't get back to green, yeah. definitely. I hope not within our lifetimes, but I wouldn't doubt it at all. I know. Shit. 
Albert Einstein said there will be a World War Three, but World War Four yep. will be followed. <laughs> that, drops that's exactly right. And I think he's right. I I heard. Are you? Do you like conspiracies? Oh man, I live conspiracies, dude. That's that's life. You find the most outlandish thing you yeah. can find. Any topic that's probably you know, the more one that's often right. than not, it seems like something crazy. Yeah, they don't think anybody will believe it, so they're just like, "Well, I guess we don't need to remember that." Or you just watch the YouTube videos mm-hmm. when something starts going on, and the one that made him down the next day was the one right. that was actually telling people the truth. And then you'll, which, you'll notice how like yeah. all these anyway. talking heads have the same exact talking points, like they use the same phrases and everything. When, when they're when they're reporting stuff and you're like all right so whatever there's like this montage of people saying the same point they're full of shit i know that because they're they're getting marching orders from somewhere yeah that's they're the what um so one of the one of the conspiracies yeah, i sure. came across the other day on on twitter was uh that nukes are not real and I've not delved into it, but man, if nukes, I would ask. Yeah, you uh, so this guy Owen Benjamin, he used to be like kind of on the come up in in Hollywood. Like he was getting some, uh, you'd see him in uh, in some uh, some TV shows and stuff, and then his stand up was getting pretty big. And then he was early on in this whole trans bullshit that he he was like, hey, you can't, shouldn't be giving that shit to to kids, you know. And then he, he was one of the first people that got canceled. But, like, he got really fucking canceled. Like, they, they kicked him off of PayPal and shit. And, uh, like, his, his agency dropped him and everything. Now, now he just, like, homesteads out up in, North, I think, northern Idaho somewhere. I'm not sure exactly where at. But he, his, he was talking about how nukes aren't real. And I, I, didn't, I didn't go very far into it. But I'm like, huh. I don't know if I believe that at all, but I'm willing to to go down that rabbit hole see see what's up. Maybe very and, well being. Yeah. He's got some points to prove it. Then it's worth listening to him. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's. I'm always open to listen to it, and I'll 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 be the first one to call bullshit if I think it's bullshit. But I'm I'm willing to listen. You know, I uh, when they <laughs> when they said. Uh, Back in the day, if somebody said, "I don't, I don't think Lee Harvey Oswald was uh, was a lone shooter," you know, they they were called conspiracy theorists. And now you, now you've got his nephew saying, "Like, no, CIA killed my dad or my my uncle," and uh, he died from a twenty-two caliber bullet straight to the back of his head. Mm-hmm. Oswald was not shooting a twenty-two caliber rifle. No. And it was not straight behind him either. So, well, I mean, stick back to the box and suck it, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't know that. I that whole thing is just what's that? Kennedy's problem was he wanted to decentralize our banking system. Yep. No Federal Reserve, because the Federal Reserve is all privately owned. It's not even a government entity, and he wanted to do away with that. So then, you know, what he got was bullet holes. Right. He also he also wanted to, uh, I think his the exact quote was to smash the CIA into a thousand pieces and scatter it to the wind. 
And um, yeah, they they got him first. <laughs> they they got him first. Yeah, yeah. There's uh... it all goes it all goes back to in, it's it's intelligence and banking. That's that's what runs runs everything is intelligence and banking. Information is power. Mm-hmm. And so is mine. Yeah, it's funny how the I was talking with uh, with a coworker. He he actually he worked with your your old man uh, uh, back in the day. But he uh, we were talking about how the, like the the meaning of words, like how you used to call them police officers, and now they're law enforcement officers. And when it used to be about policing the community, but now it's about enforcing the law. And um, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, their initial deal was just that gather intelligence, investigate. They had no arrest powers or whatever. They had to rely on the marshal service or state and local authorities to assist them. Now they can arrest you. And, uh, and they, they can also collect. Yeah, it's, it's an unconstitutional agency, but it's just like, it's been, in, been around so long that nobody, well, and at the time, um, J. Edgar Hoover had uh, dirt on everybody, so you didn't dare try to shut it down. Yeah, it's wild. But I don't know how we, we started from Montana to, to J. Edgar Hoover, but I like it, you know? It's, uh, I like these little yeah. meandering journeys. I always... I was like, I like rabbit holes, anyways, and and tangents. But um, when did you when did you first pick up a guitar? I know your your old man plays pretty good, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's who I learned from. Uh, I got my first one when I was like six or seven, I think. Nice. He would probably better than I do. I don't really remember not much about not playing guitar. It's always been there for me. Yeah. Let's uh, bring a whole lot else to the table socially. <laughs> um, awkward. Yeah, I, I understand that at times. I, I have a pretty good, I do a pretty good at talking to people one on one, but I, I get a little awkward in groups at times. But um, is that is that a Gibson you got there? Is that a Les Paul or is that am I looking at that wrong? Epiphone Les Paul model deluxe. <laughs> Nice. I, I thought I, I recognized that Les Paul shape. It's a, this is one of the nicer guitars that I have had. It's actually not mine. It belongs to my buddy Jerome. We've been collaborating on some music here recently. And oh, nice. I was moving, and I gave my guitars and my amp, all my music stuff, to a friend to take care of it. Uh because I didn't have any place real safe to keep it, you know, out of the weather and whatnot. And she said, well, I can just put it in my storage unit. So she went and sold it all, and now I can't get a hold of it. Imagine that. <laughs> oh, wild. Crazy how that works. Yeah, if she was a cow, I'd rope her and split a tit in half right down the middle. <laughs> Rub a little Copenhagen in her eye, too. Freaking nose waddles. But Copenhagen. Yeah. Yeah. Blood, man. yeah. Sons of bitches. Yeah, that's that's a dirty trick. But, um, well, who who's your who's your favorite guitarist? Uh, like, who whose stuff do you like to play? Is there any any certain guitarist that you that you really like? 
I'd say Johnny Winters probably number nice. one for me. That's I can only kind of play like a couple of his songs. It's not. And now uh, is, is he solo or who did he play for? He's solo and okay. some stuff with his brother Edgar. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Edgar Winters group, and then yeah, Johnny. I know who you're talking about. I was not ringing a bell, but albino guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, nice. So, Johnny Winters. Who who else is kind of, kind of you you uh, call influences? I guess. Uh, there's a lot of cool guitar playing that happened, like with Leonard Skinner. Those oh, man. guys were good. They were very rehearsed and kind of choreographed, but they uh, man. That the the Freebird solo hits, son of a bitch! Like that's it gets you every time. Yeah, I I I really like um like all all of the the Skinnerd stuff before um you know before Ronnie Van Zant died. Uh, that ah such such good music all the way around. Um. Whiskey Myers kind of reminds me a lot of of them. I mean, you know, they're just they're like a modern day Skinner. Yeah, uh, they got pretty cool. Yeah. Um. So, so are you? Do you like to? Uh, I, I guess what what do you? What's your favorite style of uh, to play? Like, you know, you like to rip a uh, a big nasty solo, or you just just whatever. Uh, I try to have a little something for everybody. You know, I like cowboy music that's more melodic, acoustic stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, but I like older rock and roll too. Not, not really into metal, thrash, uh, anything with too much distortion. I don't yeah. really enjoy this. Timing's funny in a lot of it, but I love the blues. Yeah, that's what all of rock and roll is just based off of blues guitar. I mean that they uh, they they knew what they were doing. Those old black guys playing the blues. I mean they could they could really freaking play. Yes, sir. Like have have you gone out on the road much uh, playing music, or you just kind of play shows here and there when you can? I just been do it here and there when I can. I've never tried to make a career out of it. I would, I'd like to. I just haven't been heard, I guess, by the right person yet. Yeah. Well, and then trying to keep a band together—that's like hurting cats. Yeah. 
for yeah. sure. But, yeah. It, have nice I don't know. Got unrealistic go. goals in life, you know. Yeah. Like uh, get famous and wealthy playing music. Everybody's like, okay. And what about when you have to grow up though? And that's kind of what's been tearing me down about it, I guess, is I probably got what it takes to maybe do a little something with music, but my PR sucks for one thing. I'll yeah. just, I'll be totally honest about that. And like, I don't know. I just am not into the, I, I can't sell out. And like what I believe is not going down the road for money or to write a song that people want to hear or uh, I just can't be not real. Yeah. Enough to move up in the world, I guess. But there is some gleams of like little glints of hope out there. Like I think Aaron Lewis owns all of his music. Well, so is Tom McDonald. And yeah. it's not exactly the style of stuff, but you know, it's a, uh, they made it happen. Yeah, well, I mean, shit, Taylor Swift re-recorded all of her shit just so she owned it. And, you know, it's, um, yeah, like, the, early on in the in the music industry, they, those guys got fucked. Oh, yeah. My, is it sounding okay on your end? I'm catching a kind of a weird echo. Yeah, it could be my end. It's not working right. Mm-hmm. $40 smartphone because they don't ever last two months. Yeah, that's all right though. We'll uh I I can I can make it uh it's not a not a huge issue, so it, I'll uh we'll just keep rolling with it. I I just wondering if it was on my end or your end or or both. But we're we're both hearing it, I could probably fix it. You can hear Highway 30 from where I'm sitting. That could be it. Uh it's it's it sounds like when uh when I'm I'm talking so I don't know it might maybe it's a one of my chords or I don't know it, it irrelevant that's that's it's not a not a big deal um yeah and I guess kind of going from so when when you left home um at seventeen where where did you go from there the YP Ranch in Tuscarora Nevada. Okay, so just big buckaroo country. Yeah. How how's uh how is it working on one of them them big spreads? If you want a cowboy, it's the only way to do it. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool, man. Well, I mean, it's not the only way. Feedlot jobs and things like that are really good for a guy too, because you get to learn medicine, how to read sick cattle, and yeah. I kind of, we had enough heifers going on growing up that like I kind of had a pretty good grasp of large animal vet related, uh, you know, knowledge. Yeah, that starting. stuff. If if you learn it, learn it quick, it comes pretty easy, and then you just get better as as you get older and, and see more cattle. You know. Yeah, yeah beef. I'm... Beef's been the most important thing in my life. For almost my whole life up to this point, I started welding like a year ago. I got quit wearing out horseshoes. That way, I didn't have to nail any more on. Mm-hmm. And 
kind of at a crossroads. I'm a little bit lost because I mean, welding pays good, but living in town where you can get to your welding jobs and stuff costs a lot. And my budgeting skills are excellent. Well, I guess to say budgeting skills is a misrepresentation of my ability to budget. <laughs> I'm... I'm I'm horrible at the at the budgeting stuff. My my wife does a pretty good job of telling me what I need to pay and um and when to pay it. So I leave that leave that for her. But yeah, that if you're if you're a young single man that's not good at budgeting, you can you can better get used to eating uh eating ramen when <laughs> when that paycheck runs out. You know. Yeah, but it's hey. uh ramen next to my freaking Tommy gun that I just got. So, yeah. <laughs> there you go. I guess if push comes to shove, you can always go steal you some more ramen. <laughs> go rob the ramen junk. I'm yeah. pretty sure you're allowed to rob banks with Tommy guns. Well, actually, you know, if you're going to rob ramen, you better make sure it's a like a white truck driver because they're um, – like if you if you go messing with the Asians, they're usually pretty well armed. They and they don't like getting stolen from, you know. Give my noodles. <laughs> they'll, they'll come at you with some kung fu shit. Like it's <laughs> it's um it's funny how um they they talk about how all these uh some of these crime ridden communities in the inner cities um they got that way after the the government took down the mob because the mob kind of policed that those neighborhoods. Yeah. You, well, you know, there was, the mob was in there. There was a governed system of who got to sell what to who. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody was scared shitless of them because they, you know, like, Oh, cut your throat and pull your tongue down through the hole in your freaking neck, you know, and shit like that or whatever. Yeah, or just throw, kind of throw you in the bottom of Lake Mead. Yeah, the same way that a single sheepdog controls a thousand head of sheep all by itself. It's called mm-hmm. fear. And if you can instill it in almost anything that you're trying to control, it's about the most useful tool for that. Just like what our government is gearing up to try to, you know, just move us into, basically. Yeah. And you know what I think is funny is that they tried to they tried to throw us into civil war, like the whole George Floyd shit, and then the cops, and you know, and all this stuff. And they're like, well, if we can throw us into civil war, would you, we can have UN troops come over. And help us out because, well, we just can't get the problem put in check with our police that we have, you know, and with our military. Our military is not going to take our guns. They're the most American Americans we got, man, you know? Yeah. And Iranian troops, like they had for that big uh, apartment building collapse coming, you know, to save Florida or whatever. If they can get them over here, everybody hates America and they will take our guns. We've been stomping around for 300 fucking years, like, suck the cock of freedom, you know? And now they've got, they're whittling away at us and making us weaker. And people don't see that, you know? What's awesome, though, is this, okay, so with COVID and everything, obviously COVID's pretty deadly, but, like, 
they take away everybody's face. Okay, so there's not as much value in a relationship with a person or a conversation that you have in person because mm-hmm. it's a pain in the not being able to see their face. And you put everybody inside where the only input they're getting, you know, they're not allowed to see other people. And the only input is on this cell phone that you've given them that is, I mean, everything, every bit of information that, you, that you're allowed to find on the thing is what to think. Yeah. Nobody's in you to try to figure out how to think. It's like, here's what you need to be believing. And then, but those people are too soft to go to war. Yeah. So like, if you want to throw a fit? Yeah, sure, there's going to be some idiots, but they're not going to cross the border into a Western state. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because the same reason Japan didn't invade America. Like, there's a man with a rifle behind every blade of grass. So it's just not, it's not something that you consider fighting with America, and especially rural America, because they're yeah. the ones that have the ability to fight, and they're willing to, to protect right. their freedom. Well, so, and then... We also got, have the luxury of a ocean on both sides and continuous coastline for thousands of miles, and yeah, we're we're pretty well set up. But yeah, and you. But what's awesome is the whole divide and conquer agenda. There's people that they put inside and feed their information to are too soft to fight yep. each other. So they really shoot themselves in the foot there, and I like that. I mean, I hate to say anything good for like Gen Z or whatever, but they're too worthless to be a problem, you know? Yeah. We, we got a, I, I don't know who commented on the, on Facebook, but, uh, they, they, uh, they agreed. You got to have a, a good woman to handle the finances. Cause, uh, yeah, it's uh d- dumb cowboys. You gotta, you gotta watch us. You know, we're, we're, we're a little, we're good. We're good folks at certain things. The rest of it is a little suspect. And that's a good woman and being a footback. Yeah, exactly. Got to have a good woman and a good horse. That was Nick Loot. Yeah, absolutely, Nick. Got to have a good woman for the finances. Um, yeah, I. it's really cool as they, they haven't quite figured out how to how to completely shut down the internet because people are always able to to share shit even even if you can't get it on s- social media you can get it you can get it elsewhere you know and uh and like if if it's on the internet once then it just exists on the internet somewhere at all times and uh yeah they haven't figured out how to shut that down like they they've got a pretty good handle on the flow of information but the yeah i mean it they can get away with it a lot easier in, in like Russia and China where people are used to just being told what they can and can't do all the time by by big daddy government. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And uh yeah, that that's uh I guess going back to our mob talk, like that that's why they took the mob out, is because the mob was just a competitor, you know? They Government don't like the government likes monopolies and they got a monopoly on force and the the mob threatened that. Yep. When the the government has a monopoly on taxes and uh and force and yeah, any anybody who threatens that is uh will be dealt with swiftly. 
deplorable. Right. And now, now you're seeing the government's, like somebody is bringing up, like the government's now all involved in gambling and liquor and slowly but surely drugs. Like it, it's only a matter of time until all the drugs are legalized because there is big fucking money in it. Well, there's also, I mean, like, look at Idaho. Idaho will probably be the last place on the planet to not have a public execution for somebody for being caught with a joint in their pocket, you know? Yeah. Fucking assholes about everything about drugs. Mm -hmm. Because they make a lot of money on the people that are in trouble for, you know? Oh, yeah, those... Those private prisons, they have uh, they have quotas on on their uh, their population levels. You know, Idaho is also the freest state in the union, though, as far as that's, guns goes. That's so, true. There, there's certain things they're not real great on, but there's there's other stuff where they're really fucking good. And when push comes to shove, state that's good on guns is a state that gives you a leg up. Yes. You can have suppressed weapons in Idaho. Firearms, I shouldn't call them weapons, only weapon, you know. But, yeah. Um, like, I've got a Tommy gun now. Reason is, it's a good thing to have. Are you there? Yeah. No, you're, you're exactly right. I can't um, see you. Sorry, I, uh, there we are. But yeah, I I think uh a suppressed uh Tommy gun's awesome. I don't know why why anybody wouldn't have it. Cuz they're like $2,000. Well, still, but if you got $2,000, like that's a good thing to spend $2,000 on. I definitely didn't not to be spending on that, but it is kind of cool. Yeah. But I'm keeping up in the end. Yeah, there's the <laughs> Well, and also most of the people that are anti gun have never never shot guns and, and realized just how fucking cool it is. So um Well they don't understand their personal liberties and freedoms for what they are mm-hmm. and how they were, how they were procured and how they are protected for them. Yeah. They don't understand that evil wants to overtake the world. It's power hungry and it, you know, you can't govern people in a tyrannical way that can defend themselves against it. And they just don't see it like that. Well, you don't need automatic weapons. Well, if someone comes to take away your personal liberties and your freedom and make you live under tyrannical rule where you don't get to do whatever you want, guess what kind of weapons they're going to bring to do it with, bud? Probably automatic weapons. Yeah, and if you don't have automatic weapons, they've got fire superiority over you. And that's not a fair fight, you know? Yeah. If you, as long as you have the right, or like the ability to shoot back with something, there's a chance. Like you, you can ask third world country after third world country that we have invaded and uh, and had a really tough time with. Like if if you if you've got a, a some way to fight back at all, um, like money's on the home team. Like they may not, it might take a long time, but money's on the home team. 
Um, that was that was another thing that we lucked out on really really well here as as white people in in the United States is uh, smallpox is a motherfucker and <laughs> it wiped out like ninety percent of the Indians. The single largest genocide in world history was there like a hundred million people living in North America when the Mayflower landed. And then by the time the Continental Railroad touches, there's less than 100,000 of them left. Yep. Yeah, 90, 90% reduction. 95, something like that. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, smallpox and uh, and all these, all those European diseases were a motherfucker. Oh, yeah, man. Hitler didn't even start to open that, you know. He didn't. Yeah. He was a dick, don't get me wrong. What a fucking yeah. bastard. You know, but talk about just a stroke of luck. I mean, you wipe out 90% of your enemy without even knowing that you're doing it at the time. Like, cause they didn't know shit about viruses and, and bacteria and whatnot. No, I just, all they knew was these, these poor Indians were dying. And but before that they weren't poor Indians. They were just regular ass Indians, you know? Yeah. Live it. I mean, they were able to survive over here for now. They're saying like 40,000 years or something. Mm-hmm. Sticks, and we're able to survive the harsh environments of whatever climate in America. I mean, nothing's very tropical here. No, no, outside of Florida. And yeah, shit gets squirrely in Florida. Florida, Florida, Florida man's a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, uh, we want to change this system because you know we feel we're we're just doing a lot better than no, no we're not and no we weren't. Yeah, and I just want to ride around and shoot with a bow and arrow. That'd be I mean, so that, much. It'd be pretty fucking cool. I'm not gonna lie. Or even when they stampoodle the cliffs and shit, that's still kind of cool. Yeah, I. And then you you go back before the the Spaniards got here with horses, and you're like, so they just did all that shit on foot, <laughs> you know? Did you imagine how far they could run a foot back? Fuck, dude, it'd be like uh, they they'd be giving the Kenyans uh, a run for their money in the marathons nowadays. Whoa, 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 whoa! They, no, they're not black. They're still. <laughs> Yeah, but if you gotta you gotta chase down a buffalo every day because you ain't got anything to ride, man, I bet they all of a sudden they grow taller. They say that primitive man was able to survive so well because a sense of strategy gave him the ability to move at a steady enough pace for long enough mm-hmm. to run down because it would bust and run when it's seeing you. And then it'd get tired and, that you know, they could wear out an antelope over the course of, you know, 12, 15 hours, however long it took, and then just beat their head in with a rock. Yeah. They want to yeah, stab them with a if they wanted to. See, I must have some sort of Neanderthal in me because I was never very fast, but I could keep pace for fucking ever, you know? Like, I don't know. It's yeah. just one of those things. You kind of learn it as uh, growing up as a, a cowboy's kid because, like, a lot of times, you don't have a choice of what the fuck you're doing. You're just like, I'm going to be a horseback for however long it takes today. And I got no 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 say in the matter at all. Yeah, and you don't get to switch horses either, usually. Mm-hmm. So you get to 
how to save your horse too and ride him all day. Yeah. That's part of the things about cowboying, on my opinion. If you're going to be cowboying in big country, is you, you got to know how much animal you got. You got to know how much you're going to be able to get out of your cows and you got to know how far your horse can go because you're going to need him again in a week, you know? Mm hmm. And them cows are only going to go so far and then they're going to drop their heads. And you can beat yours against the wall all you want to, but you just going to have to try again some other time. And sometimes if it's nice out in the spring and fall, you can let them eat for an hour or two, lay down, and then pick them back up and finish your little whatever kind of jaunt you were trying to make with them. But usually just want to pick them up and they'll trot when you gather and then get where you're going and you can drop them and call it a day. Yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a lot to it. Um, you know, big country like you got to know your you got to know your shit, and uh, and that's that's what the, the the old guys always have the the trouble with the young bucks. It's not that the young bucks ain't talented and got a lot of try, just they don't know shit, but they always think they do. And uh, and they might be right every now and then, but like those old timers, they've seen a thing or two. And they know, like, I ah, just wait till a bad winter. You wait till it really dries up, and uh, or you like, you wait till your your entire string is lame, and now you got you still got to figure out how to get that job done, you know. And yeah, it's just there. There's that that experience plays a lot, a lot into it. Yes, sir. But yeah, growing up a Cowboys kid, you get that experience early. Yes, sir. Um, if you had to go back in time, any any time, any place, where 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 would your first stop be? Um. Little trailer house in Rachel, Nevada, in 2016. Oh. And I would just probably not make a really poor decision that I made there that fucking changed my life completely. Mm. I'd really mm. kind of rather not talk about what it was. All right. Well, we'll um, well, that's all. Okay, so we got first stop out of the way. Second stop, historically though, like in anything throughout history, like where where's the next place you drop just to see see what the hell it was like? Um Well that's an interesting question. I like that. I would say Well, I don't know, man. That's like that's that's tough, man. Because it would change everything, you know. I mean, yeah. everything everything would be different for everyone if even one of us went back in time, you know. Right. Though the butterfly effect, which pretty good movie, by the way. I, I didn't hate it. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a neat concept. I yeah. Like, like it wasn't, the, wasn't the best movie, but I didn't hate it. Um, well, for me, just, uh, it may, 
I'm just viewing this as like being being like a, an extra on a movie scene. Like if you go, like I would I would go back to one of the one of the first trail drives and uh, like not the first one because they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. You know, uh, I want to go like you know four or five years in after after you got some good serious uh, trail bosses, uh, good seasoned trail bosses. Um, and they've, they've kind of got a system figured out and, uh, like, I, I want to see, like, as you're seeing just herd after herd of cattle coming across the, the plains to a trailhead, you know, that would be cool. like that, like the heyday of cowboying. Cause if you get pissed off at this with your boss, you can, you can pull wages and ride a day over to the next herd and, and get on with, get on with them or whatever. And, uh, like just prime cowboying, you know. It'd be fun. You know, even if guy could go back nineteen forties, northern Nevada. Yeah, most were traveling the horseback with their string of horses, you know, at their bedroom. Yeah, it'd also be kind of cool to see, uh, just be like a fly on the wall in. Uh, in like early Mormon Utah and see how all the inner inner workings played out, you know, between Brigham and his, uh, his council and see how they, how they carved Utah out of, you know, like they, they kind of, they didn't beat the government, but they kind of, they kind of locked horns to a standstill with, uh, with the government and the government only, only, they only whooped them a little bit, you know, yeah, them Mormons sure killed a lot of people for what they believe too. Yeah, they did, and uh, because they have got a freaking empire built now that is oh fuck man, unreal. Talk about another type of mafia. Those uh, those newer religions or the older religions. <laughs> you know, they're all they're all kind of a mafia. I'm actually gonna go ahead and just not say anything bad about the Mormons because I really like being. <laughs> No, I I got nothing I got nothing against the Mormons. I don't I, I don't subscribe to their religion, but I I respect the shit out of them. I think they're for the most part pretty good people. You know, they all seem to be pretty decent, honest people. And man, uh, that thing cannot be exalted. Yeah, I, that's that's my only that's my only qualms with it. Like, sure, you know, maybe there's a. A certain degree of, like, a little better off than you would have been otherwise that you can get from whatever higher power there is out there. But no one gets to live in the right hand of God because mm-hmm. man at the bottom is still man. Yeah. And it's a pretty disgusting thing to be if you look at our role in nature. Mm-hmm. We're the worst thing for the planet. Yeah, we absolutely are. Um, and there's just there's a source of energy somewhere out there in the. Okay, so if it was if it was for us to understand where everything came from and where it all goes, we would know. You know yeah. what I mean? It wouldn't be speculative. So now that we've moved past that, obviously there is some source of energy out there in the unknown that is everything that's good and right. And it's something that you can keep in your heart or, you know, you can 
go with God, so to say. Like, mm. let's say the only means, okay, so the missing years in Jesus's life, he goes and travels the world and sees all these different religions and he comes back with karma. Mm. The only means of explaining that that's available to him in his time is like a father figure. Is this something that you can look up to? This good, everything that's good and right, you know. So he basically was just like treat others how you want to be treated, right? And yeah, things like that. The good that you put out into the universe might not always come back to you, but it pays forward. It creates good energy. Energy can't be created or destroyed. It can only be changed. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think there's there's something to that. Um and then also I'm like even even on like the you know, post Jesus, the apostle Paul, even though he was uh he was kind of a zealot in his own right, you know, uh persecuted the early Christians with a passion and then had his you know, had had his deal, but uh he, he said study all things and hold fast to those which are true. And uh, I think that's one of the most uh, like important phrases throughout all of you know literature, literature in general, religious or otherwise. Is yeah, check it all out, throw away the trash, and keep what's real. Yep. Make sure that you believe none of what you hear and only half of what you see. Is probably yep. the next piece of advice too. Yeah, that's uh, that's another one, especially in today's day and age. I would just say believe. Leave none of it until you can until you can prove it, you know. Because there's when they when they get these deep fakes down uh, down pat, like man, fucking chaos. Oh yeah, I guess the good part about that though is outside of like the boomer generation who uh, haven't been around the internet too much, um, the rest of the generations are kind of getting wise to. Like, like I, I don't think that's real. You know, when 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 you see something, it's like, mm, that seems that seems fake. Uh, there, there's there's more people getting wise to it, I guess. Maybe not. A governmental tool to control people's behavior than something that makes sense. You know. Mm. I mean. But, you know, you take the one thing that we all have in common that we know nothing about. and But the thing that we fear the most, probably. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, well, as long as you operate within the parameters of this set code of moral conduct, then you don't have to fear this one thing that we know you know nothing about but are scared of. That's why UFOs are so freaky to everybody. Right. Yeah. Okay. So what they have for shit flying around, what what mankind here on Earth has for shit flying around is 35 or 40 years behind what there actually is. You know what I mean? The information about it that's available to us. Yeah. You know, they say 35 or 40 years behind the technology that has actually been created and is usable right now. Yeah. Well, the the age is. Yeah, they Maybe they broke the the airspeed record with the A12 ox cart back in the 60s uh at like over 3000 miles an hour. And they didn't break it again until like the I think the late 90s or the early 2000s. I mean, it was like essentially a 40-year airspeed record, but people didn't even know about it 
until it was broken. Yeah. So yeah, you're you're hundred percent. That's why when they're talking about all this crazy shit that one like Groom Lake and the Nevada test site and all that shit. Mm. When I was on that winter permit in Santa Fe Valley for Randy Stoll, that was my southwest border fence was Area 51. I seen some shit flying around that didn't even do you any good to tell people about because fucking unreal, dude. Yeah, it's uh. Flying around, you know, that saw me. My my father-in-law has uh, he's told me about his some of the shit that he saw because he's he grew up in Nevada just and has been you know he's a kind of a mountain man hunter trapper type been all over the state and yeah he said I've seen some shit and but yeah there's all sorts of secretive test shit out here in Nevada that's why uh you know. 70 well, I think it's like 75% of the state is federal federal land it's because they got all sorts of, I mean they they buried nuclear waste they uh got area 51 they got the largest ammunition depot on earth down at Hawthorne yeah like yeah they got all sorts of high highly classified shit in the in the state and uh it just so happens that the only people that live out there are like buckaroos and uh, prospectors, and they're like nobody believes them anyways because cowboys got a way of uh, telling tall tales as it is. And yeah, and then most of the prospectors are tweaking. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, and then the like the hunters and the trappers they. Uh, like the shit, like the hardcore ones, they they don't go to town anyways because they don't like people. So, um, kind of all of them except you know they all they're all out there for a reason. They don't like they don't like other people. So, and then then when they tell their story about seeing this weird shit, nobody believes them because they're they're loners by nature. Yeah, they're a weirdo anyways. You know what's really interesting about those kind of people in those places is like no one. That's in that lives in any type of desert area or somewhere really remote like that will line jump you. They always always hold the door to walk into a place. You know they might be mm-hmm. chewing their head off or some shit, but like they're like still courteous and they're very kind yeah. to everybody. Seems like they just understand that life's a struggle a little bit more so than where the rat race is a little more plush to survive. You know. Yeah, people just take for granted shit, and then you know they're just people suck, man. They really yeah, but I I don't know. Like I've heard uh, Rogan talk about like growing up in Boston too. Like you get especially like the poorer communities, like those those back east. Those those cities are so dense. I mean, I was t- I was talking with my wife the other day. Um, like the first time I, I walked across, uh. A, a major street in New York City. I, I I visited there several times when I was growing up, but it's like a thousand people crossing the street all at once. I mean, I mean, there's no way you could like stop and chat. You know, it's like you got this lane of people and this lane of people, and it just and and so everybody is not that they're an asshole. It's just they got they got to go. There's too there are too many people around to to stop and gawk, and yeah. uh, but also. Like Boston, 
if they're in your face when they talk to you and it's like, whoa, okay, just a second. Yeah. Look what they're used to. Yeah. And then, uh, but they, he, he also talks about like how having, having rough weather makes a difference, especially for communities, because you always like, like the parents always send their, their kids out to go check on the old people and shovel it their lawn, you know? And like, you, you always, you stop at same way living in the country. Like you always stop and see if somebody needs some help because, uh, it might be a long fucking ways to, to anywhere else. And like, may, maybe, you know, maybe you don't, but like, Hey, are you stop pissing or you, or you got trouble? Yeah. And then as her karma and the way shit works, if you do that, if you stop and be helpful, you don't ever have to even sweat it. Yeah. You end up and you need help. All you got to right. do is just for help to come and help will show up. I guarantee you help will show up. I picked I saved this that was hitchhiking from McDermott and probably certain death. He didn't even have a sleeping bag. I don't know who he was going to try to make friends with to get out of McDermott, Nevada, but it wasn't going to go good for him. So anyway, I picked him up. I hauled him clear to like Riley, Oregon or someplace. We stayed at the fairgrounds, I think there. And I got up in the morning and he was gone. He left me like a, some brand new socks and shit like that. And some cereal that he stole from a hotel. But anyway, <laughs> I, get, I get almost to where I picked him up on the way back to Nevada. And I was done with Oregon. So I was like leaving, but I run out of money and I run out of gas. And there I was parked on the hill. And I thought, you know what? I got one coming. I'll be all right. So yeah. I sat there and I didn't even bother looking at my phone to try to see if there's anybody I could call. I was like, nope, the help's on its way. I can tell. And sure enough, 10 minutes later, Jesse Bolton pulls up, just got a paycheck. He bought like a Bozal outfit or something from me with a hair rope on it. And I had a hundred bucks and was back on the road. Just like that. There you go. So it's always uh, a good thing to have a trade bag on you too. Yes. I usually go buy like one night piece of cowboy gear every time I got a paycheck from the 25. And then, man, well, I mean, well, talk about lots and lots and lots of overhead. I bought a 50, uh, 50 pound can of welding rods the other day. $289. Oh, fuck. That used to be like 70 bucks. You go fill up my gas bottles today was $117. Mm. I only Fucking made like. Forty dollars today. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's rough. Um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, I don't know, but you you look at how how this whole thing was settled by, you know, how how it all came out about to be where it is today. Like the the first people out there, they didn't take money because money meant dog shit. They they took stuff to trade, and uh, like then that's always been like kind of the backbone of the cowboy economy is like, I, I can always trade something off. Yeah. The first thing most cowboys do when they get money is go ahead and take that money and trade it for whatever they can get. That's good trade goods. Yeah. 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 Maybe some- like, yeah. Cowboy gets a good paycheck. You're, you're looking at a saddle or a silver bit or something that uh, maybe they don't even necessarily want it, but they know they can trade it off for something cool. Yeah, I've traded for lots of shit like that. Mm-hmm. The other uh, day, I traded a couple of super rings, and so what else did I throw in on that? Oh, yeah, a knife that I got at an antique store for 30 bucks, and I got the coolest 
case folding jackknife I've ever nice. owned. That's awesome. This thing is antique as fuck, and it's got the chrome vanadium blades, so like it holds the edge. Fucking wicked good. Nice. Cool. Well, Davey Patterson uh, made this the other day, and uh, he donated it to our Elko fund for next year. So it's going to be something we raffle off. It's a uh, it's a rasp and a choya cactus and turquoise inlaid, and a pretty bitchin' little knife, little belt knife. So, so yeah, Davey Patterson knives. He's a, He's a he's a fan of the show and had uh had somebody back out on an order so now it's like it's it's in squarely in the Elko fund. Nice. Yeah. Um speaking of Elko, you've been working on anything new or uh I've been working on everything new. Yeah. You got some original shit? Um I'm working on that still. I gotta okay. get some shit done before I let anybody hear it. There you go. All right. Well, what else? What else? Uh, what's what's something you've been playing on here lately? Uh, a couple of covers, I guess. So, uh, play a song then, or yeah, go for it. Let's... volume does that sound too loud no you're good you're good It's 
sinking problem. So pull another bottle off the wall. People say I got a drinking problem. Got no problem drinking at all. They keep on going. Drunk and drinking. Call it a problem. I call it a solution. Sitting here in all my grandiloquence. You call it a problem. I call it a solution. That's the end of my cover, I guess. Hell yeah. Sounded good, man. Um I was uh I was telling Rachel Wilson the other day that uh we should all learn how to play uh box number ten by Jim Croce, and then we can play that as we pass the boot around for the tip jar. Yeah. Um I'm looking forward to this next show. Um Got a got a couple other people in mind, and maybe try to do uh, do like a live podcast, and then do the music afterwards. And um, I don't know, I, I I like that format we got though. It's, it seems to work pretty good. It does. I like it. It's a fun show. Yeah, yeah, it seems to work. So I may not change it at all. Just change the change the faces a little bit, but um, you know. Try to trying to find some uh some new faces. Keep keep uh keep the the ones that uh that, that want to be there and then you know, rotate some new ones in and out and give everybody a, a chance to have some fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um so what's uh like when you were in your your punk ass teenager days, what what was your what was your jam? What your go to jam? Oh man, probably flirting with disaster by Molly Hatchet. Oh of... shit, let's let's hear it. Let's hear it. That's a hell of a guitar riff. Southern rock songs have some of the coolest uh, 
coolest guitar riffs ever. Oh man, that's for sure. Um, we had it together as far as that shows. Yeah. 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 I. Um, what's your what's your thoughts on Hendrix? Is that that a concert you go back to see? Fucking a, right? Yeah. Like, how do you not see go back and see Hendrix? That's yep for sure. Like Woodstock when he was all lit as fuck. Yeah. I, I think if I there was one concert I had to go back and see, I'd, I'd go see Woodstock, man. I, I'd go, I'd go survive the rain and and the acid for for three days. Just the sheer amount of talent they had up there. Oh yeah, yeah. There, there couldn't have been. I don't know if there'll ever be anything like it. Be pretty cool, man. That's the year my pickup truck was made. Nice. Nineteen sixty nine. Oh yeah. Hendrix had some way cool shit. Yeah. His, his stuff. Yeah. His stuff was wild. Hell yeah. Smith plays the entertainer on guitar. Is otherworldly, though. That guy's still my spirit animal for that shit. It's just like, you know. That's all I've learned of it so far because it's way, way too fucking hard to play. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, so Freebird or Stairway? Definitely Freebird, but still, don't play Freebird. You know? Respect the Stairway, but I, I couldn't even do the intro just on principle of like, just no. You know, yeah. every guy picked up a guitar is like, oh man, it's too good to hit it, man. And I fucked Zeppelin in general, like, grievously over. <laughs> I like me some Zeppelin, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. Like, I, I'm a Skinner guy. Like, that, that's, that, that was my jam for, from like 14 all the way to now. Like, like we, when my buddy came out for for Fourth of July, and that's that's what we jammed to. Like was Skinner. We started with Skinner, went to Whiskey Myers, and then we went uh, Dazed and Confused soundtrack from there, and then branched off from there. Yep. Thank you. 
finish up don't don't close out till i tell you to so we can we can get that record and i'll make you a little uh video for your tiktok oh bitching yeah yeah it'll be all right that was that that was some good shit there yeah i uh i man i love southern rock it's uh like the guitar riffs, the you know the the lyrics are always good. Um, it's just I don't know. It's like you, I can relate with with all all the people singing Southern rock, like writing that shit. I I can I can relate to them, and uh, it just it's same way like all the Oki uh, singers uh, like that I that I grew up with uh, like high school and 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 up till now you know like bowling cody canada stony turnpike Tur- turnpike troubadours is like the oklahoma skinnered man like they're that band is so fucking tight i got to see them at highway 30 last year Here yeah, yeah. nice yeah i uh i took my wife to see him at red rocks and uh hey. fucking dope Right when he first started, like he had the whole idea of Highway 30 Music Fest. Right when he was getting going, he's like, "Hey, I want you to come play." And I don't remember how, like how old I was, but I was like, "That's not probably gonna wear out any horseshoes, dude." So no, I'm cool. Mm. And fuck, now Turnpike Troubadours is there, fucking being badasses and shit. I don't know who was there this year. I didn't, I didn't get to go, but yeah, that's it from my house right here in Filer. <laughs> yeah that's ah well live and you learn now now you know but it's uh yeah turnpike troubadours uh, those guys are they're something else i've i've been a fan since oh my my friend taylor can i went to high school with her uh her her older buddy her older brother toby is, uh, is one of my good buddies uh we graduated same class and she told me about Turnpike, and I brought the the Diamonds and Gasoline albums. I'd still top five album of all time in my book. Yeah, I mean it's fucking excellent, and uh, yeah, I can't wait till the the new album drops. Like, um, I want to, I want to like the the songs I've heard that he's come up with uh, since they've all been sober and whatnot still sound really fucking good. And for a live show. Yeah, that 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 band is really, really good and really like keyed in. Like they, they're very tight. Damn tight. Yeah, it's uh from from me where I got I love I'm I'm such a music nerd. I I was a band geek, and um, and you know so like I had a really good music uh teacher, and, you know in school, and so she she like 
there there was some of us that were pretty good at it and so she like you know spend a little extra time on us and show like how how the music all fit together and now like when you hear a good band like like that just plays together really tight like that like it's it sticks out you know and i i always appreciate that if, if you've got some experience playing with the band and you know what that feels like and and what it's like to actually try to achieve everything tight and and in a groove you know that's fucking it really gives it a lot of power when uh, to listen yeah. to you. Yeah, like when when the timing and everything is 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 on point and everybody's just meshing, it just and especially live. Like it, it'll sound good on a CD too, but especially live. Like um, when I I was I was going back through our last year's show and uh, and like editing uh, just you know like cutting off some dead dead space and whatever and just making it presentable for a video and it's like it's it sounds fine the 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 audio wasn't a problem it just like it was missing that that live element you know like there there's there's nothing cooler just like being on the stage riffing off of each other riffing off of the crowd and i don't know it's a live it's the it's the personal experience that that really makes it cool guitar part ever put into a song that I've listened to anyways so far is I think the way that Ray Flack did a guitar part of the whole instrumental break for Highway 40 Blues for Ricky Skaggs. Oh yeah. It's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And it's not uh, very long but it's just fucking cool. Yeah, I was uh like when the when the latest uh Whiskey Myers album came out, I was uh I was just blown away by by the production of it. Like they went they started off with like a like a short little instrumental Mexican uh trumpet, like a Spanish style trumpet, and then took you right back to the early seventies. Like just dropped you right in like nineteen seventy one. And uh, and it was like a big production, you know. They had the organ, they had the horns, they had the backup singers, and everything was just on fucking point. And you're just like, God damn, that's that's a good album. That's a really good album. And then the songwriting was on point, um, and it was like, 
It's like they they took today and then they just dropped today's events on Skinner in 1971. It seemed like fucking heavy, yeah. Yeah, it was. I don't know. I just it was such a it was such a throwback sound, but with like modern day uh, lyrics. And uh, I was like, man, these guys are fucking good. I I was I was just appreciate like a good. A good album just gives you like an hour worth of of just you know freedom. You just you just go fucking tell me a story, Whiskey Myers. Yes, sir. Yeah. Shit. Good shit. Yeah, and uh, I don't know about you, but like I, there'll be some certain songs where I just like I get real OCD and I'll I'll put them on loop for like a day, day and a half, and just listen to nothing else. And I don't know. I don't. It's always different types of songs too, but something will hit me, and I just like uh, I'm putting that on repeat. Do I hear the last one that hit me? That just like was just you know it for a while. Let's hear it. Day after day, I'm more confused. Get on the pole of light through the pouring rain. You know that's a game that I hate to lose. And I'm feeling the strain. It ain't a shame. But give me the beat, boys, and free my soul. I wanna get lost in your rock and roll and just away. Get in the thing that I'm wasting time. I don't understand the things I do. The world outside looks so unkind. I'm counting on you to carry me through. Oh, give me the beat, boys, and free my soul. I wanna get lost in the rock and roll and drift away. Thank you. 
Hell yeah. Dobie Gray. There was, uh, I forget the guy's name. He was playing at Braun Brothers reunion last year. And uh, he he made this speech about how the country's too fucked up and everybody's divided and we need to come use the power of music to, to bring everybody back together. And, you know, I almost believed him. I I, I do believe he had, you know, there's there's some truth in that. But it was it was a nice little speech, and then he played the fuck out of uh, "Give Me the Beat, Boys," and it was pretty good. You know, I like it. It's uh, it's you nothing quite like unhappy. You know? Yeah. I mean, you could, but I fuck. I feel bad. I feel bad for you if you do. Yeah. Like if you're getting a bitch, at least make a song out of it. Like all all the best songs are the sad ones, so at least make a good song. <laughs> good one to get the crowd going the honky tonk and heart broke country song i mean you can't i mean i yeah. don't mean to but beep beep hell yeah i i like it i mean it's uh you know there's certain i guess uh kind of formulas that just work and and you get a good riff like that and uh yeah good up good upbeat uh rhythm like yeah that shit plays everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes it makes you wanna go slap a lady on the ass and spin around the dance floor a little bit. Yes. Yeah. That's 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 kind of the the idea of fast upbeat music anyways, ain't it? Yep. Could say so. Yeah, they uh, the the Baptist always made uh, you know, look down on the black folks for for dancing all sensually, but like you know, they wanted to. They just they wouldn't allow themselves to. The Baptists wouldn't allow themselves that that type of deal. But they, deep down, they knew it was a lot more fun to go go dance like it. Hell yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. 
makes you want to dance a little bit like yeah something about it fucking i had to work you know actually at the job site until so oh my phone's at one percent oh shit oh, okay out of battery all of a slut and i better plug it in all right well hey we'll call that good where do they find you on the social medias social media um my tiktok is official ira g and uh there's i post like jack shit for content which is I should get better about doing that. But um, there's a few songs in there. Um, if you can find the spelling of my last name, you know, on my the Facebook accounts, just under Ira Brusevich. Uh, awesome. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll put links in the in the description to all, all your stuff. But go plug your phone in. I'm going to take a leak, and then we'll come back for, for a little Patreon episode. But anyway... Ira Grusevich, everybody. I, I wanna you know, we've I've known you for a couple of years now and uh you become one of my my favorite guys to see what the hell you're up to. You know, you're I think I think you're one of the coolest cats I've met in a while. So appreciate you being on the show finally after after a couple uh live shows. Um yeah. If you're in Elko next year, you gotta you gotta space on on the stage again. So go follow him. Hell of a good guy and uh Maybe maybe we can get him out on the road playing a little music here and there. Be kind of cool. Yeah, that's right. All right. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back for the Patreon episode. If you'd like to join us, uh, hear the rest of this, patreon.com slash burningdaylight. Best way to help out the show 
And uh, for me and uh, Ira G, move your ass. We're burning daylight. And we're back. Get your ass moving, sun, you're burning daylight. 